Before we get started today, we have a message from our sponsor, 3BR Distillery. 3BR is a producer of unusual craft spirits featuring a kitschy Slavic punk tasting room in Keyport, New Jersey. 3BR's unique Gorovka spirit, made from peas, is an homage to a family recipe secretly distilled in the USSR. Experience craft cocktails made with Slavic-inspired ingredients in-house. Visit 7 Main Street in Keyport for more. We live in the era of the fan. Now more than ever, our voices are heard, and we have a lot to say. With decades of continuity across all of our favorite fictional universes, this podcast is here to take you through what is, what isn't, what could have been, and what is simply canon fodder. What is it kicking to mama mama? I, I don't know. It's like a baby making noises and it's supposed to scare us. Cha, 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 cha. I think it's supposed to be kill, 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 ma, 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 like mom, kill, you know, but whatever. These movies fucking it's suck. One way Welcome to back money to Cannon Fodder. <laughs> by not using instruments. <laughs> yeah, or real musicians. <laughs> and if you couldn't tell by our... Cha, 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 we are here today for our third annual Halloween special. And our special series for the Halloween episode this year is Friday the 13th. These movies, these <laughs> movies are so bad, and I'm so excited we chose this series. So spoilers <laughs> for the entire series, as well as uh, we're going to touch on the Nightmare on Elm Street series, because of course there's a bunch of connections, uh, most notably Freddy vs. Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, welcome back to Canifada. We're going to start Wait, right away. was I supposed away. to watch Freddy vs. Jason for this? I thought that was next year. No, it's a, yeah, of course going to watch Freddy vs. Jason. We talked about doing that next year. No, next year is the Nightmare on Elm Street movie. I did not watch Freddy vs. Jason. <sighs> Which... I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that's the best movie in this whole series. All right, so we have so to, you we wasted have to, we have you to, wasted your entire. So week. you mean to tell me I watched <laughs> twelve of these fucking movies to miss the fucking? Or we're doing Freddy versus Jason next year. Oh, terrible, <laughs> terrible. All right, well, uh, so in that case, let's start with our beer yeah, of yeah, the podcast. Drink. Here we Thank go. You, sir. We're gonna start with "You're All Doomed," which is Bolero Snort. They are often our. Um, unofficial beer of the podcast because they do a great job of incorporating movie references into their um into their can art um you know bolero snort they have a whole cow thing going on so we'll post some photos of this on our instagram they have a cow shaped jason mask on their beer you're all doomed which is one of a series of halloween beers they're doing they're all sours this one is sour ale with a black currant Strawberry and blueberry. If you look inside the can, Matt, you'll see it has a, a fun color. I went there yesterday to pick this all up, 
And uh, it's not as strong as their other sours. Some of their sours are like, you know, like almost like a warhead, you know, like you yep. can't have too much of it. This is a nice, easy sipping sour. Oh, so I can see the color, too. Uh, yeah, let, 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 let's see what you think. It's Cheers. the color of blood. Is it really? Oh, I can see oh, it. You're kind right. Of. Hmm. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. It's very like delicious. It's a sour more so in the sense that it's juicy, not so much that it's... Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so good choice. Way to yeah. go, Bolero Snort. So that is our drink of the podcast, and uh, let's get right into it. So you're all doomed, of course, is a quote that's repeated throughout the series, but is first used in uh, Kevin Bacon's Friday the Thirteenth, nineteen eighty. Um, it was filmed in the wake of a Halloween success in nineteen seventy eight. This this is really like the beginning of like that 80 horror trope that scream talks about so much as like yep. the rules. And, and so this is really the start of what we now think of as like that classic, you know, eighties horror. Yeah. It's, it's where the, it's where they made killing, uh, killing horny teenagers at summer camp. Cool. Because like the first, yeah, it wasn't cool beforehand, but now everybody's now it's it. very cool. I mean, the first, <laughs> the first five movies take place in or around crystal Lake. And it's just a lot of horny teenagers getting killed. That's where the concept of the final girl comes from. Yes. Right. You know, sometimes the virgin, right. Which isn't always explicit in these movies. Um, and quite frankly, it's how we get to play six degrees of Kevin Bacon because he's in movies like this, which, yes. you know, Okay, like I said, these movies are terrible, all of them. <laughs> um, the first one, though, I do have to admit, as bad as it is, it is that it does have a lot of inspirational elements, like you said, for, for future movies. And honestly, most of what makes this movie bad is not things like the sound, I'm sorry, not things like the acting. Which is or, or the story itself, right? Which could be better. The most annoying part of this movie, the worst thing about this movie, is the sound editing. And honestly, yeah. the first like three or four movies have just like juvenile first year film student yeah. sound editing in it. It's just like, and especially watching it on, you know, like I, I was watching it, watching these at home. You know, I have like my sound bar or whatever. Right. You really see how bad the sound mixing is in these movies. <laughs> yeah. It. But what Friday the Thirteenth does well is that it does plan a lot of expectations. And, you know, looking back, watching this series, knowing about the series is such a big part of pop culture, people forget that the killer in the first movie of Friday the 13th, which yes. Matt is learning now because he just opened up the document, <laughs> the killer is not Jason. That's honestly Jason the best Jason is omnipresent twist. throughout the whole, the, the whole series. You know, there's... So they get away from this in later sequels, but Friday the 13th in the original is a bunch of POV shots. And that's all part of hiding that it's actually his mom. And not yeah, like I was gonna say, not not only is the killer not Jason in the first movie, it's like a sixty-five year old woman. Like, yes. And there's just something so like you know right away when you see her, because um, you don't see her until the last like 10, 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Right. And when she comes up, she just has this like creepy fucking look on her face, and she's right. like I'm Mrs. Voorhees, you know, you're like, oh, oh, and they even like hint at, you know, um, earlier on in the movie, right, because you have that, the shot of the Jeep, right, with the girl that gets killed first, and they show the other guy who's like the groundskeeper or whatever, yeah. he's got a Jeep too, so they kind of hint that it might be him, but then he fucking dies also. But, but then <laughs> also you're thinking, you know, what type of person would she get in the Jeep with? Right. You know, like, she's not going to get into the Jeep with a deformed yeah. person. This, this, like, you know, yeah. uh, relatively, I mean, you yeah. know what, listen, for a fucking mom, like, I would. I'd fuck Pamela Voorhees. Like, she's got a good face. 
you really went somewhere different with that. I was saying she was a trustworthy person for a woman to get in the. Oh no! I would have got in the. Car. I would have got in and the. And you're car. just like no, yeah. no. I, I definitely okay. No, I'm, I'm getting in for for Roadhead and you you're know, like, like him very else. crazy. Yeah. No, hundred <laughs> percent. No, I like him way crazy. Yeah, way crazy. Let's go. Come on, bring it on. <laughs> All right. So, so it, it's it's weird that this is a movie filled with. I love. I love when I just real quick. I love when I throw you off. Like, yeah. Well, you're trying to go down the serious route, and I'm like, yeah, I'd fuck Mrs. Voorhees. I'm just worried <laughs> about your like sexual proclivities. <laughs> I mean, this is a series that is known for many things, but one of them is attractive young women who go skinny dipping in a lake. All right, fuck all and, them, too. Okay. <laughs> Just but, for- but the first one you talked about fucking was the old woman. <laughs> well, she's the only one, you know, like, so you bring up a good point, right? It's like, they're... Throughout all of these movies, unlike uh, unlike a lot of the other uh, the other two specials we've done, Halloween and Chucky, right? Right. This series has... By far the most uh, the the most nameless, faceless characters ever, right? Like so, Halloween, right? You've got like Laurie Strode, right? right. Uh, Doctor Loomis. There's a lot of characters like that. Chucky. There's a lot of these characters, right? With these movies, with the exception of Jason himself and like Tommy Jarvis, right? Which we'll eventually get to. Yeah. This series is just full of just nameless, faceless people that get chopped up. Yeah. The two main characters are the lake and <laughs> and Jason. Like, yeah, that's it. Crystal Lake is the character, Yeah, I mean, they, right? they like, keep on, you know, so basically anybody in, around, or close to Crystal Lake, like, they're going to get fucked. Killed. Completely and it's, fucked. And it's so weird. I mean, I, I do like, you know, getting ahead a little bit. I do like eventually they do change the town's name briefly, which totally makes sense. Yes. Like, obviously you would do that. Which we're going we're gonna to talk about in terms of the continuity yes. because this, I mean... We, I mean, we need to talk about the continuity soon because right, so let's this going. movie has just the, these movies have just the All most right. bonkers continuity. So Friday the Thirteenth, <laughs> I actually think it, you know, like it's definitely cheap. It doesn't hold up that well, but there are some great moments in it. I love the POV bit, you know, keeping the twist. You know, if yes. you're watching this for the first time and you know nothing about Jason, which is hard to in this pop culture world, but most people are going to be shocked. First time watching it, that it's her. They do it. They uh, yep. handle it very well. And then I do it's think the best part the, of the movie that twist. And I do think the ending is also really good too. Mm-hmm. Like that's a real jump scare moment when child Jason jumps out of the lake and attacks her. Like that's a great ending too because it's also such a like trope that we know as well. It's just like the woman being there, like she's safe now. The cops are there, yep. but you know she's not. And it's something that they play on right through the through almost all of the movies, right? Yeah. Because you find out they have that jump scare, and then the the final scenes are you finding out that she imagined that J- Jason actually didn't come out of the lake because she's in the hospital, and she's like, "Where's the boy?" And they're like, "What boy?" Right? You know. But then in the next movie, obviously. You have Jason. They do a very similar, uh, you know, jump scare. But it's interesting because the first movie is the only one where it seems to stick as a hallucination. Because in the next two movies, they do that same trope at the end, but they don't make it clear that the people actually survive. They make it clear that the first final girl, whatever her name was, in, yes. in the first movie, survives, and she immediately gets a screwdriver through her fucking skull in, in the beginning second, of the second yeah, movie, yeah. which is awesome. You know, but then the other ones, they're never really clear on it, but they keep on playing this trope throughout most of the movies. Yes. Yeah, and uh, and the second one is set five years later. Which is interesting because it's it comes out one year later. And I was just gonna say, I find it hilarious that like, can you imagine being, uh, you know, like our age, let's say, right, in that decade for for like literally nine years, 
one of these movies came out every single year. Yeah. <laughs> They're just churning these things out. <laughs> and also, it is a product of the time because now we have the internet and we have wonderful podcasts like Cannon Fodder <laughs> that like explains you know continuity issues or things like that. There are little YouTube videos that always talk, talk about this. Obviously, the Marvel Universe has primed everybody for this. But this series, for especially the first couple um, installments, they have an extensive look back on the previous movie at the beginning of every movie. Yes. And that's very much because in an era where, you know, early 80s, you have less movies on TV even, especially movies that look like this. So yeah. like, so they have to like remind their audience because it's not like their audience can grab it on VHS and watch it right before. You know, like this is, you know, like that technology is just coming into Which is a forefront. smart thing to do, honestly. Yeah, so, so all these movies, it's very interesting. They're like products of their time. Like you wouldn't have this today. Where like the opening, you know, five to ten minutes of your film are just scenes from the previous episode, almost like a TV show, like right. previously on Law and Order. No, that's <laughs> literally, dude. How great would that have been? Previously on Friday the Thirteenth, <laughs> people getting fucking chopped up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, oh, I forgot. Crazy Ralph also appears in Friday the Thirteenth too. Yes. So that's another. Actually, and so he eventually dies too in the he, third one or the second he, one. So he dies in the second one. He's second one, killed yeah. in the second one, but that doesn't stop him from narrating. I think it's like the sixth one. That's amazing. We'll yes. get to that. He yeah, narrates dude, a movie like just, four films after he dies. It's just amazing. Like everything about it is, and and, and even that, even yeah. Crazy Ralph is a trope that is used in other movies later on. Like particularly like early two thousands, like shitty horror movies. Yeah. But there were a lot of characters like Crazy Ralph in those movies. I remember like. The one that always pops into my head is, uh, uh, oh my god, what is that one with Eliza Dushku, um, where they're in the woods and they're like they're cannibal people. Cabin in the woods. No, it's like it's called. Uh, oh my god, yeah. Uh, Google Google it for me, Ming. Eliza Dushku horror movie. It's like walk. It's with a W. Walk. Bring it on. That movie's terrible. Uh, bring it on, right? Oh, uh, what's it called? Wrong, wrong turn. turn. Thank you. Yeah. Wrong turn. Oh yeah, it's because they make a little wrong turn. But anyway, there's Ha-ha. a there's a character yeah. like that in that movie, like Crazy Ralph, and he's like, oh, "Don't go down there. It's all fucking doomed." You're like, "Okay." Like, and they make him out to be this creepy dude. If they just would have listened to him, so many people would have. So lived. many people would have survived. Also, <laughs> people don't realize this, even though we're drinking out of beers that have the hockey Jason mask. That's still not in the second one either. No, it doesn't come into he, the third he's one. He's walking around with a kind of like Ku Klux Klan. Almost, yeah. he just literally has like a pillowcase over his yeah. head with one eye open because his other eye is right. damaged. And he and he and he doesn't pick up his uh, signature machete pretty much at all. No, in the second one, he's he's using like pitchforks and yeah. like lots of other ways to kill people. This is so. Do you, you want to talk about the kills real quick? Because this okay, yes, yeah. so of I movies did this. have some of the most creative kills. So so what I wrote down is I wrote down uh, like my best death from yeah. every movie. I okay. okay. I didn't do that. I just put my my general favorite. So you you go. All right. So so the fir- so we're just gonna jump jump around here. I'm 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 imagining you're not listening to this episode unless you've watched at least most of these movies. Yeah. And uh, and spoiler alert. Oh, what, Jason gonna- Jason kills a bunch of mov- people in yeah. this movie. What I are mean, we gonna spoil yeah, these? There's, there's very little plot to spoil. <laughs> All right. My best death in the first movie. Kevin's Bacon's iconic death from below the bed. Yes. Because it's still early on enough. You don't know what's going on. And like just the terrifying. You know, like it's the piece after. You know, sleeping with a girl. And it's and an arrowhead of all yeah, things. Yeah, the way it's shot where he... Yes. Kept, it's, it's great. It's very much out of nowhere. Um, by far, the best best death in part two is the wheelchair falling down the stairs. I thought that was three. Was that two? That's two, yeah. Yeah, dude. The guy... That one is my probably my number one also yeah. because it's... He's already dead. 
Mm-hmm. He's already dead, and then he goes like it. It doesn't make any. I, I love this kill so much because it makes zero sense. Because you have they they've shown you the perimeter of where they are, right? Yeah. You have the house, and then the there's the porch. It's like and, a five story stairwell. Yes, but it's like at least a hundred yards oh, away yeah. from the house. So in order for this death to work, Jason has already killed him. Th- thrown him down off the porch and then wheels him an additional hundred yards yeah, just, just to the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's but it's <laughs> it's just so. And what's funny is that like you know you go into these movies thinking about like how what are some of the creative ways you know so whenever you see a weird weapon or weird scenario yes. and immediately you're just like what's going to happen to the wheelchair dude? Yep. Oh, there's and the wheelchair there guy. <laughs> oh my god, oh, so the... great. Ming is playing some clips as we're uh, doing this. So, so good. good. All right, so in three. I think the best death, there's not a lot of great ones in this one. I, I like, so Shelly, and this is getting into the mask thing, it's the kid who actually wears the mask first. Yes. So he goes around and pretends to be dead like a couple of times throughout the movie. Yes. And then I like his actual death yes. because he's, because it's, you know, it's very much a trope, you know, the boy who cried wolf to death. I just love that he like comes in, he's completely ignored even though he might be saved. <laughs> <laughs> not that he would have lived long, but like I just love the idea that like, this, you know, um, so in part uh, four, which of course is the final chapter, I think um, so. Corey Feldman's Tommy Jarvis at the end, yeah, with like the wacky haircut, dude, evil eyes, killing Jason at the end. That's my favorite. Um, a new beginning. My favorite one is not a Michael Myers death. It is, I'm not Michael Myers. I'm sorry, it's not a Jason death. It is a Joey being axed out of nowhere by another person at the house. You know, like that first death? Oh, yes. 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 So, you know, like, you know, we have like this, you know, it's, it's a house for troubled teens. And this guy is, he's not chopping wood. He is just banging the axe into a log. Yep. Making splinters, basically. You know. And he's that fat guy with the, he's got, yeah, he's like he's got chocolate bars in his pocket. He's like a cartoon character. <laughs> like, and it's, and I, and I want to say it's offensive, but I don't even know what he's supposed to be. Is he supposed to be dude? somebody I with don't. Down syndrome? Is yeah. he supposed to be somebody slow, or is he supposed to be somebody sheltered? I think... I, I just know that it's stupid, but I don't know yeah. if it's offensive or not because it's so weird. I think he's just a moron. I like think I think he's just a fat idiot. For, yeah. yeah. So I think yeah. So but it's very but that's that's how poorly it is. I don't know who he's supposed to be or what's going on. Yes. So him just getting chopped out of nowhere is actually really good because it's such a because it's it's a rare daylight kill. Yeah. It's just out of nowhere. And it's obviously not Jason, so that works really well. Uh so Jason lives. This is a little bit of a weird answer, but I would say whatever happened in that room that causes all the blood. There's that one girl who's like killed, oh, yes, and you, and like you see her like you know get chopped, and then you see her um be partially thrown out a window, yes, and then like later on, people walk into that room and there is literally blood everywhere, as though somebody painted the room with blood. Yes, that There's one. Made no, no way, sense. it all came from one person. So whatever he did to her was pretty impressive. Yep, he like. Put her into a juicer and just made her all blood. <laughs> um, I uh, the perfectly perver- preserved Tina's father pulling Jason down to the bottom of the oh, lake. Oh God, so that dumb. is my favorite kill from the New Blood. So like, dumb. It's like what a decade later, at least five years later. Yeah, because right? she's grown up. She's gone from kid to like young adult. Yep. And her perfectly preserved father jumps out of the lake to to, to stop him, dude. Um, <laughs> Jason takes Manhattan. What do you think it is? Uh, which one was that? Seven. Yeah. What did I put? Oh, eight. eight. Yes. Oh, dude, this is this was hot stone through the chest. I was gonna say punching his head off. 
Oh, that one was really good too. <laughs> I love. But the the hot stone through the chest is great because the guy is like in the sauna or whatever, and it's like an old oh, school yeah. sauna with the hot stones. And Jason just walks in, takes one of the hot stones from the whatever it is, you know, and just puts it through the guy's fucking stomach, and it's awesome. <laughs> I just love. <laughs> Because it's like, see, what I what I particularly love about that one is how gratuitous it is because by the time you get to Jason Takes Manhattan, yes. they've already established his supernatural powers and his super strength, and he has punched holes through several people yes. at this point. So for him to pick up the hot stone and just put his hand through the guy's chest again, yeah. it's just gratuitous because he doesn't need the hot stone. There's no yeah. burning. It serves no purpose. His hand is going through him no matter what. <laughs> yeah, he's giving it. He's, he's not as stupid as people think he is. He's very clever. Dude, he puts a lot of thought. He's like a in, ninja in some In of between movies. movies, he's making lists in his head about yeah. how he's going to kill people. But I just love the, I just love the audacity of that character, Julius, yep. to think, I'm going to box Jason. Dude, oh my god, <laughs> I just, love it. And it's so clear, everything about that movie is terrible. It's so clearly not New York. There's all this stuff we can talk about yeah. that movie. But when he when he gets his head, punches off, and it's getting, Oh, I did write that yeah. down when he punches the guy's head off. Yes. And, and, but his head gets punched <laughs> off in such a way where like, it's a clean neck cut. Oh, it's a clean it's, neck cut, It's yeah. as though like, I were to punch you in your cheek, Yeah. and somehow you have a clean severed neck as though I chopped your neck with a machete. It's unbelievable. And then it perfectly goes into a, like a dumpster down that yes. down in the alley. Yes. Absolutely amazing. And then um and then eventually I stopped doing best deaths because they kind of lost it. I, I will say, and this is a shame that you didn't see it, I think Freddy versus Jason is hands down the best movie of the entire series. Yeah well, that's the I think next it's actually year. pretty good. That's and that has a, that has a really good um uh, death sequence, but yes. Yeah, so, so those are my like best deaths by movie. Uh, oh, and, and Jason X best. The, I, I did get back to a best death for that. Jason X. I love where they go out of their way to set up having that girl be sucked out into space. Oh yeah. But instead of just being sucked out into space, which is something we've seen before, even on like even on like a Star Trek and even on like a non horror like yeah. scenario. That they have the great go first. Yes. So she's like sucked into little pieces, almost like you know, like a like a food processor. And you see literally none of it. You you, you just see the aftermath. Yeah, and, exactly. and it just seems like such a waste because like they they go out of the way to set up probably their most creative, potentially gruesome death. Yeah. And nothing happened. It's like they ran out of budget. Yes. Um so my favorites, aside from the ones that we mentioned, are um I, I didn't write down which movie this from. I'm forgetting, but there's one where they're again at the cabin in Crystal Lake. So it's probably like four. So that's or five, one of right? the ten. Go. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> there's the one where the guy. Remember the guy is for whatever reason walking around the house with the handstand. He's doing handstands like that's how he's walking around the house. Yes. And that, then yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And Jason that, just appears yeah. behind him and splits him down the middle from his cock up. Yeah. Like that is the best. Um, the one in uh, in part five. I think that's two. I think that's two. In part five. No, that's the, three. That's three. That's like three. Three, three, I think, yeah. Three. In part five, where the girl gets the harpoon gun right in the eye. Yes. Where he like he like Arnold Schwarzenegger's the harpoon gun, like one handed, yeah. perfect shot right in the eye. That was great. Um, I think pretty much every kill in nine is great because they're so all so awful and terrible. Um, and Jason goes to hell. Uh, I mean, but the, those are but but that's all like possession and crazy. That's what we got to get into. That's yes. crazy town. Um, so I absolutely love in part seven where, uh, which is, a uh, uh, Jason, not Jason Day Manhattan, the, uh, 
uh, the one with Tina and the the psych- new blood, right? The new blood. There's one where they're in the RV and the guy, the crazy idiot dude, is driving the RV and he can't hear that hear that his girlfriend is being killed in the back. Yeah. And Jason pushes her head through the metal, which is a Nightmare on Elm Street homage. Yes, but he pushes her head through the metal, and, like you yes. see the face print of the metal. That one I love, but by far. The best kill, I think, in in this in in these movies, um, was again in uh, in New Blood, where he gets the girl, where the girl thinks that she can hide from him in the sleeping bag. Yes, and he just picks up the sleeping bag and whacks it against the tree like a fucking bag of ice. Yes, it is the best fucking kill I think in any horror movie ever because it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> and and that and it's so good. That's one that they keep going back to because then again in Jason X, in Jason X they do in it. Jason again, X yeah. he does it to like the hologram women. Yeah, that just exists to add more nudity to the movie. Oh my god, like, they're, they're, they're like, do you want to do drugs? <laughs> do you want to have unprotected sex? Like, <laughs> at least their acting is okay that it's bad because they're oh. supposed to be like computer programs. Yes, but it's not too far off from some of the acting we see otherwise. And then they also have a bit of an homage to that. In the opening of the reboot, or which they call it a reboot, but it's definitely a remake. Yes, uh, it's one of like a reboot is like is like is supposed to like restart a series, but like right. keep pieces. This it's a, it's a brand new continuity, so I, I refer to it as a remake, even though they officially call it a reboot. Agreed. In the opening sequence, as he's like destroying this camp, or this, this little campsite with like four or five people, what he does is he he like ties her up and like slow roasts her in the sleeping bag. <laughs> So, so you know, it's a lot of creative sleeping bag stuff. So yeah, <laughs> so good. those are some of our favorite kills. But that is that is what this series has, I think, over Halloween and Chucky. It yes. lacks um, it lacks the same like continuity and character development that those ones have. And like you know, as strange as it, as it is. Jason somehow has less personality than Michael Myers. It's hard to explain, but you know, like no, he does. Yeah, You're right. He yeah, has zero just, personality. He's just, so, so he's lacking it when it comes to those previous two that we've discussed. But the overall kill count and just like creativity of killing is, is really impressive, especially since you know most of the killings take place in a wooded area. Yeah, you know, like Halloween and um, and Chucky kind of jump around in their settings, and with the exception of eventually going to space, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a weird sentence to say. <laughs> you know, most of these things take place around, around, in or around Crystal Lake. Yeah. Um, except for again, I remember like watching Jason takes Manhattan. He's in Manhattan for like twenty minutes. Like, but it's most so of the cool. movie okay. takes place on let's, a fucking let's boat. Let's just jump ahead to this because we got we got to lambast this, and then I want to get into the whole Tommy Jarvis of it all. Yeah, the continuity. Right. So that movie is so terrible. It's so, really bad. So first off, it introduces this family connection, which timeline wise makes no sense. Oh no no sorry that's Jason Blood sorry. yeah that, that yeah that's yeah. goes down sorry no but uh, no but uh, Manhattan has a problem so um, they're on a boat high school first kids off, again first off it makes no sense that like how how empty the water is for, like so at the end when they like yeah because they're they're allegedly right outside of Manhattan and they're the only boat there <laughs> yeah and they like and they end up like rowing past um, the Statue of Liberty, and they end up yeah they're, when they're when they're on that lifeboat, yeah. it's like fucking castaway. Like you're off the coast of Manhattan, you're gonna be picked up in about thirty seconds, and <laughs> and they spend like a half hour in Manhattan max. But during that half hour, they see two like 
gang members who are like generic, <laughs> like who immediately c- capture a woman in broad daylight, yeah. but like with their faces being seen. Yeah. They're going to drug her and rape her. Like, doesn't make any sense. And and then there's one cop, and there's nobody else. There is nobody else <laughs> in Manhattan. Like, it literally makes no sense. Like, and it's and it's like this is like a caricature. Uh, of Manhattan, yes. written by somebody who's never been to Manhattan, never wants to go to Manhattan, but hates Manhattan. And then at the very end, they have those two shots where you see him actually in Times yes. Square, just to be like, "Hey guys, no, 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 yeah. it's actually Manhattan." They spent they spent like one day yes. as a film crew yes. in Manhattan, and they're like they're trying to chop it up throughout the movie. And what I, and there's a, I don't know if you caught this piece of, uh, this piece of dollar because it makes no sense, but <laughs> so. Toxic waste goes through the sewer every night at midnight. Like, yes. and it's it's not clear what it is, but there's like there's a dude who's just down in the sewer, just one guy because they have no money for background or yeah. any extras. Like, there's no actors besides like the four or five people who talk in the movie, and and this guy just walking through the sewer. He's like, oh, good thing I saw you. We flushed the entire New York City sewer system yes. with a massive amount of toxic waste. Where is it coming from? And this toxic waste kills Jason, yeah. but also turns him into a child. Well, the question of where the toxic waste is coming from is apparently just lying around in back alleys because, remember, there's that open vat yeah. of toxic waste that Jason kills the one yeah. guy in? Like, what even... It, it's it's like something out of, like, Tim Burton's Batman where there's yeah. just, like, you know, toxic waste lying around. Like, the rat is definitely turning into Splinter, you know, at some point. But, yes, let, let's talk about the... The, all right, are we done roasting this movie? Because I want to talk yeah. about the kid so, thing. Because the continuity yeah. of these movies is just bonkers, right? So we're so we're getting into Tommy Jarvis, which is the closest that Jason has to some sort of like like nemesis, nemesis. Yeah, yeah. perfect. All right, so we first meet him played by Corey Feldman. You know, like which is hilarious. Yes. So Corey Feldman. <laughs> Um, in movie number four. In movie number four, the final chapter, <laughs> which LOL. I love that like part four of like 13 is like yeah, the LOL. final chapter. <laughs> so he has, Corey Feldman has a pretty big role in the movie. Um, by the end of the movie, his his mom is killed, but he and his sister survive. Yep. And he tries to trick Jason because everybody in this series is some sort of like armchair psychologist like you know like there's the one girl in the second movie who like is trained to be a psychologist and pretends to be his mom oh she puts on the sweater oh god and like in this one he chops up his hair so he looks wacky which seems like he's just making fun of you know exactly i really i really want jason to be like my culture is not your costume like it's (laughs) like it's really terrible yeah like he's he's body shaming jason i don't know i don't understand what he's doing but so he basically like he like messes up his hair and then, like, he... but he also seems to put makeup on too. Yes. Like, we have the pictures right here. Yeah. It's like his skin color is ver- drastically different and than it was like... throughout the rest of the movie. And, and you can tell he's like not cut his hair well because he's a child yeah. and he doesn't have the proper tools. So he had like these weird like cuts on his hair, like fresh cuts. My favorite part about it is that <laughs> so it's like okay, so yes, he cuts his own hair. Yes, he apparently also puts on some like ghost makeup or yes. whatever. He looks like a bad Kiss member. Yes, but then he also his collar is still pop. his collars pop. His yeah. collar is still pop. I... <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know, it's the 80s. He wants to be cool, That's man. That's what I'm saying. It's just fucking ridiculous. You might as well put on a members-only jacket. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and then, yes, this tricks Jason into thinking, like, I don't know, that he's looking at a reflection of himself. And we don't understand. Or, like, we're kindred spirits. It, like, it, yeah. All it does is it, like, inexplicably stops him in his track <laughs> for a long enough period of time for him to stop Jason. He saves his sister, and then we have that prerequisite, like you know, like scene at the end of the movie where he um, is with his sister, and they have a hug, and you think all is well. Jason's taken care of because this is written. The final chapter is, is kind of written with the idea that Jason isn't that magical, right? Like, no. like, like, yes, he's done the typical. He's survived a lot of um, injuries, yes, but up until the end of four, definitively, there's really no occult bit. And like it's is... weird that he survived drowning, right? But like you don't, but you know, like there's no like occult thing. It's just like, oh, maybe he didn't really drown. He just well, got inexplicably can... like had some brain damage. And you can and you can easily explain that whole thing away by yep. just making it that Jason's mother truly was psychotic before the incident, anyway. Yeah, and. While he never technically died, he was never the same because of almost drowning, right? It's like he was Obi-Wan always talking alive. about Darth Vader, you know, right. like, oh, you exactly. died. You, know, you, yeah. you, can still, you can still make an argument for Jason's mother wanting to get revenge even though he wasn't dead. So you yeah. can totally Because you can almost say that, that like, it, if he did get, suffer some sort of brain damage from right. being, uh, you know, left uh, at the lake, you know, right. to a certain extent your son is dead because unfortunately, you know, the bright child yep. you might have had – is no longer all right. So, so at this point, final chapter, you have Tommy Jarvis. At the end, you have this weird thriller-like thing where he looks at the camera as right. he's hugging her, and yep. you're thinking, "Oh, they're setting him up to be like some sort of next killer," which is why part five is my favorite of the movies. Gotcha. Because part five for me, a new beginning. Yes, because does... they just had a final chapter, so they need to explain away <laughs> that title. <laughs> so part five for me does the most in terms of actual good storytelling. Right. And it and it seems to it. I mean, it does until they until they immediately ruin it with part six. It does commit to making. Tommy, the new Jason, right? Yes. Because it has, it, it, and it makes it very clear, which I absolutely loved. You talked about before about that daytime killing. Yeah. With the random dude kills the fat idiot kid, right? Yep. And then you later find out that the Jason you see in part five is actually the one guy's son, right? right. Who, or, so, not, not, yeah. not the one guy's son, the father so that's, of the kid yeah, so that the died. Yeah, so the kid is Joey. Right. And then his father, Roy, who was a completely right. absentee dad. Abandoned like, him, yep. But also worked as an ambulance driver in, in town. the fucking town, like, which was literally a little weird, but and yes. Then, and then I guess this kind of makes sense. I mean, maybe it's from an overwhelming s- sense of guilt. After he sees his son was killed, right? He then goes on a rampage. But it's weird. It's not just a rampage for people in the house. Like it's one thing if he just wanted to kill people. He's right. killing anybody. This makes him snap. Anybody entirely, in town? Yeah. Yes. So he's dead. And what I do like about this is. As you're watching this movie, and I had never seen this movie before getting ready for this um, episode, the mask drastically changes. And this is my favorite part about This is the only time in this entire fucking series where they make an honest effort to make good continuity. So the mask changes, yes. It has these blue streaks on it instead of the traditional red one that you've seen in other movies. Yeah, because previously it had had like a three. Right. Uh, red triangles. Right. And this has blue marks on it. In a triangle themselves. So here's what I love about this yeah. movie. At the end, they give you that traditional sort of 
fake out, right? Yes. Where Tommy hallucinates seeing Jason. Yes. And and it's adult Tommy, right? Mm-hmm. And then at the well, first of all, let's talk about Tommy for a second. So so Tommy is great in this movie because he's like this he's like completely moved into himself like he doesn't really talk i think he has like 10 lines in the entire yeah, movie yeah so he's so he it's no longer Corey ang- feldman yeah, he has he's, mo- yeah. he's older he's because yeah, he the movie begins Corey right. feldman has like a a cameo yeah and it, no no that's the next movie no um, no that's this one no it's the next one Oh, no, you're right. I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's this one begins. Yeah. Corey Feldman has a cameo. He has some sort of nightmare. Right. Then they jump ahead about five years, and now this is like- It's way more than five teenager, years. Teenager, like, yeah. Yeah, they're like late yeah. teenagers. Yeah. But he's he's got these problems, yeah. clearly, right? And he's got anger issues, and this whole thing. And they're kind of hinting at it throughout the entire movie. And the one thing they do that I absolutely love is at the end of the movie, he- he has the hallucination of Jason, right? Yes. With the blue mask. This is after surviving everything yes. and us knowing for sure that the guy killing everybody the whole movie was this guy Roy and not Jason. And which then, I also love because that means Jason's definitively dead still. Right. There's no Jason. There's no occult. There's no nothing. And then he takes out the red mask, the traditional Jason mask. Which is inexplicably in his hotel room. Irrelevant. He takes it out. <laughs> he takes it out, and the final scene is him trying to kill that uh, the the woman, the main the main woman from. Well, that yes. Movie. So, so he pops up behind her. Yes. With a knife. Yes. And then they cut, and and yes. that's it. Now, what's also important to note in this movie is that so he went from being at the end of the final chapter, he and his sister survive, mm-hmm. and then. A period of time, at least five years, like you said, has passed. And at the beginning of a new beginning, he's now in custody. Mm-hmm. And there's no mention of his sister. No. Is it supposed to be implied that he killed his sister? Or do we not see his sister specifically because they want you to kind of not know? Because that could be the reason. Could he have killed his sister as a child and that's why he's now in custody? It's impli- I think yeah. that's the implication. But they because don't they mention have- it, which is yeah. an interesting choice. Yeah, I think that's the implication. Um, but again, I think it's so great because they actually commit to him taking over the mantle of Jason basically becoming a yes. killer at the end of that movie, which is why I love that movie, because again, like you said, it it, it it sticks with the fact that Jason is definitively dead after the fourth one. Yep. This other guy had taken up the Jason thing because he lost his fucking mind, yep. and that caused Tommy Jarvis to lose his mind, yes. become the killer, which is what they tried to do in Halloween. They didn't commit to it. And then the sixth movie comes out and immediately ruins it. The six, so, so this, for me, is where the continuity completely breaks between the fifth and the sixth yes. movie. Well, first off... Even though uh, these movies take place um, basically right after each other, and they're filmed right after each other, they're a year apart, it's a brand new actor for Tommy. So right off the bat, that's yes. weird. Yes. Also, he's become a much more outgoing Tommy. Right. Like, he gets the girl, there's this whole thing. Which like, is he's why a the continuity, different character. Which is why the continuity breaks for me. There's no way yeah. you go from being the Tommy in, in movie five to the Tommy in movie six. It just doesn't work. I mean, yeah, this is, this is a whole break for many reasons, because, so yes... It, it's a, They completely ignore the whole character development of Tommy McKellen and the Killer that they've been setting up for two movies. But then also, this is when they, out of nowhere, shoehorn in hardcore cult. So they they yes. give up on like you know this you know like this idea of um, you know Jason inspiring other killers. I love how somehow Tommy accidentally Frankenstein like revives. Like he does, he's not trying to. He's Dude. going to a cemetery with some buffoon of a character. To help him dig up Jason, so he, he wants to like, uh, like mutilate the body even more. He wants to completely yeah. destroy Jason, so he can't come back. But in doing so, 
he somehow reanimates him. Yeah, no. The, making this, Jason even stronger. Yeah, th- this is where the continuity breaks for me. The you town's get, name changes? Yeah, because in the first, in the first, the first five movies have a very clear continuity. They actually make sense in terms of, you know, the, the as much as they can. Right. They actually make yeah. sense. And then in this one, all of a sudden, like you said, Tommy Jarvis is a completely different person, which is absolutely no way he would go from being the person at the end of five to the person he at he's the end of six. He's better looking. Right? He's better adjusted. Dude, he, 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 he talks. He, like, he barely the, talks in the yeah, previous movie. he's the movie. classic male fucking American hero in, in, yeah. in that movie, right? He has a dimpled chin. Yeah. And, and like, he's so good looking yeah. that even though he's in jail... A girl immediately falls in love with him. Right, and then they and then they just throw it all away by, like you said, Frankenstein reanimation, and then all of a sudden, the very first thing you see Jason do is punch a hole through somebody. Oh and yeah, no, like, all okay. of a sudden, like <laughs> not only not not only is he now, uh, like he has this beyond just plot armor. Like now he has like now he it's harder to hurt and or kill him, nay impossible. Eventually, is what we get into. He's just so clearly m- more powerful. Right. It's unbelievable. And this is this is where like the killing goes over the top. One fun thing about this movie though is that the camp is finally open. It's like it's like like you know Jurassic Park. Yes. Going to Jurassic World. There's now like kids running around, which is kind of a fun thing, but none of them get killed, which is an interesting choice. And honestly, they could have they could have saved the continuity of this series and made it work throughout all 10 ridiculous movies if they just didn't have Tommy Jarvis in the seventh movie or the sixth movie. If it was, if the Tommy Jarvis character was just another nameless fucking dude, and right. just you know, you you can reanimate him in the same stupid way with the Frankenstein thing, give him the superpowers, and it works better than if it's this handsome, pretty boy Tommy Jarvis doing it. He's yeah. the reason why continuity breaks down, and it would make sense too in a in more in a better way if this was a character who also was somewhat into the occult. Yeah, like literally anything is better than yeah. what they did. Because then, then, like Tommy Jarvis goes to the library and like reads one occult book, yeah, and then so he knows exactly stupid. what the rules are to like take him down. Yes, and then I do like the iconic shot of at the end of the movie, the way they trap him is he's just attached to a rock and he's underwater. Yes, and and it's also so out of character. So this is the third movie that this Tommy Jarvis has been obsessed with Jason. And he's gotten out of his way to like try to stop Jason, you know, like for movie after movie after movie now. And at the end of the movie, he's content with just leaving Jason chained up to a rock. I mean, I'm it makes no sense. I mean, like, why like and and then we never see or hear from him again. Yes. That's why that's why I'm saying Tommy Jarvis is the biggest problem with this movie. There, there, There were two ways they could have gone. It was either commit to the bit of yeah. Tommy Jarvis being the new killer, right? And that's the next movie. Or they you find a way to kill off Tommy Jarvis, right? And then bring back OG Jason, right? Because that's the only way yeah. it makes sense. It's the only way it makes sense. Because then after this movie, Jason is supernatural for the rest of the series. He's this unkillable Oh, they take fucking, a hard turn. Yeah, unkillable yeah. fucking murder machine. They go full on supernatural because yeah. after this we have the new blood, which we talked about a little bit. This is, you know, they introduce um, a completely unrelated character um, who who grew up uh, on her summers on Crystal Lake, Tina, who has telekinesis, some sort of like stress slash rage um, inspired telekinesis, and she uses it to literally defeat Jason at the end. And and that's and that's also another point that's just then dropped completely because what happens is that. Um, 
she ends up never being seen from again, even though she is one of the best villains well, or, well. or nemesis is well, well, well. for Jason. Yeah, so <laughs> we're gonna get, when we get to the fodder, uh, we're going to get into that. So then we talked about Jason Takes Manhattan. Just terrible. I, I think you should everybody should watch Jason Takes Manhattan if you haven't, though. It's such a terrible movie. It's it's it, it's just it's the worst thing you could possibly do with this series. Now, then we get to Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. This is where it just somehow gets even more ridiculous. Yes. And then uh, here um, on my notes, uh, you know, after every title, I would list the best death from that episode. And for this one, I said best death, the series, question mark? <laughs> because this was made in 1993. So everything we've talked about, so, so movies one through nine, were made between 1980 and 1993. So we're talking these movies coming up coming out at a very brisk pace. So there is a long period of time between 9 and 10. Almost a decade. So that's cuz this this movie basically almost killed the series. Yep. They went they doubled down on the occult in this one. Yep. So first off, they Halloween it, Halloween 2 it, if you will, and they introduce a character who is his sister and <laughs> so his niece, so just stupid. like Halloween 4. So stupid. It's a niece who now has her own kid. And Jason has this new completely unrelated power where he can jump from body to body. Because the movie begins, it's actually a pretty fun scene. But you ha- wait, we've got to explain how <laughs> he jumps from body Some to body. Some sort of black it's like Snake, a fucking so it, alien it, thing, you know, like the second yeah. mouth and an alien. So like the, uh, the first, the movie. first couple times you see him do it, it makes it look like it's just his like tongue protruding from him, yeah, like the yes. alien, right? And like that contact is yeah. what does it. But then by the end of the movie, you find out that it's actually like a little tiny, like quato looking fucking yes. monster yeah. that is like so the whole thing is coming from one mouth into the other, and then. The rebirth. I, I can't. This movie is so. Yeah. So th- here's my thing about this movie, right? Like, yes, they really lean into the occult and the supernatural. But when you watch this movie, this is one of those movies, and we and we know this kind of stuff happens in Hollywood all the time. Yeah. This to me was very clearly a script written to be a completely different horror yes. movie, and they couldn't, you know, whatever reason, couldn't get the funding, like whatever. And somebody was like, "Oh, just fucking throw Jason in there and make it a Jason movie," because this movie is so com- drastically different than yeah. every other movie in this franchise well so first off he looks completely different also true but uh so, so right off the bat but it's also the same actor which is crazy yeah but they did a completely different makeup job yeah. so right off the bat this movie has no connection to um anything jason that's takes manhattan. It. yeah because in jason takes manhattan at the end he is killed slash changed into a child it's literally unclear but he's caught up in a toxic waste event, which happens every midnight in Manhattan. <laughs> Be careful, guys. Never take a wrong turn in the subway. Oh, You'll never know end up where you what'll happen yeah, to you. Yeah, because it turns him into a child. Yeah, at it the turns end. him into it's a so child. Weird. But anyway, so now a couple years have passed, and now he is back at Crystal Lake. No explanation, but fine. He's back at Crystal Lake. You know, he's 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 always pseudo occult, so whatever. Yeah, and they imply that they've lured him there. Yeah, basically, you know, it starts off with the scene you've seen so many times at this point. It's a woman alone going to what seems like her, like, weekend house on the lake. 
you know, she takes off her clothes, you see some boobies, you get into the <laughs> shower. You know, it's that scene you've seen like every time in this series. And then you realize that she's just putting herself in a vulnerable position to lure him out. She then runs away. It's actually kind of badass. Well, because I, I remember and she traps him. I remember watching this movie right and like seeing from like the get go as she starts to run away. She does that little like slide over. Well, first, yeah. of, first of all, hang on before I even get there. I the, just the towel is like she's running in a towel. Like the towel would have just fallen off. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. She does that like action movie yeah. slide over the hood move, yeah. and she's like doing parkour, and I'm like the hell is happening here and then you find out she's like an undercover oh, fbi like an agent. agent yeah, yeah like, like, like and, and they they have, you have these just comical agents like yeah. the spotlights come on them and like they're they're just blasting jason with yeah. all this heavy artillery and then obviously it's not affecting him and the one guy goes everybody get down and like like a fucking an like airstrike yeah like like, <laughs> like they're playing call of duty they called it an airstrike on him just comes down and like it's this comical scene jason goes he looks up and he goes you know like <laughs> And, you know, he, he blows into different pieces, and then during so his ridiculous. autopsy, the, the doctor doing the autopsy bites his heart, is compelled. Dude, it's so he's, like, possessed. Fu- yes, he's yes. possessed by the heart. It starts yeah. to beat, and he takes a bite out of it, which, it's... which again, sort of like they're within the rules they're establishing in their own movie, it still doesn't make sense because what you see later with the little creature inside yeah. of him, the implication would have been that – when they was dissecting his body, the creature should have just come up. There yeah. should have been no biting of the heart. It would have made so much more sense and been equally ridiculous if the little, like, as he was cutting Jason open, right, the little creature comes up and, like, jumps into his body. Like, that's how they should have done it. All right. Well, well here's where you can get into um, the biggest piece of fodder for me and our first connection to other series. So anybody who's seen The Final Friday knows that this movie ends – with Jason being sucked down to hell. I'm sorry. Um, and Jason goes to hell, you know, like, goes, he gets sucked down to hell. And what happens is that the final shot, you see Freddy Krueger's glove yes. coming up and grabbing him. There's yes. no explanation for what it is, but now you're just like, oh, wow, these two properties are now owned by the same studio. It's going to be your first thing. Because. We now think of crossovers as something that happens in like the action superhero realm. Right. But for years, the crossovers in Hollywood were hard. You know, there's all the Abbott and Costello, all the all yeah. the the Universal Monster movies. So like having horror figures interact wasn't that different. Um so you have that, but that's not the first connection in this movie. Mm-hmm. What I want to get into is the Evil Dead. You might notice that even though none of the concepts, characters, or names of the Evil Dead series are mentioned, that is on purpose because they were able to borrow the props from Army of Darkness, who was shooting at the same time. So they actually have the Book of the Dead, which we'll post a photo up on our Instagram, and they have the Kandarian Dagger, both of which are used in all the different, you know, Evil Dead uh, versions, Army of the Dead, um, uh, Army of Darkness, you mm-hmm. know, the Ash versus the Evil Dead, all those different uh, series. So what it implies, and then something that is eventually um, confirmed in some comics we have here, if you're watching us live, we have uh, some issues of Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, as well as its sequel, Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, the Nightmare Warriors. <laughs> but these were actually um, inspired by an actual script that was never produced. So they cannot legally use the name The Book of the Dead or The Kandarian Dagger. But the director of Jason Goes to Hell said that it was canon. In his mind, according to the director, 
Jason is a deadite. And if you know from the Evil Dead series, that that was one of the main villains of the series were these creatures that predated humans on Earth. It's a very complicated backstory. But basically what they are is they were able to possess people. So it really gets into what you were talking about, how this was a different movie. Basically, this guy wanted to direct an Evil Dead movie. Yep. Got his hands on a Jason movie <laughs> and just made it into an Evil Dead movie. Like, they literally used the weapon. Like, the Kandarian dagger at one point is put on the boomstick mm-hmm. and used as, like, a bayonet. Like, yes. they literally take Ash's weapon and they have other characters use it. And they create this whole thing about, like, you know, only a... um only a Voorhees can kill him, and only a Voorhees can bring him back. Like yep. They really get into this stuff that is full-on Evil Dead-type, crazy, necromancer-type stuff. And that's because I think this movie was like, he wanted it to be an Evil Dead movie. You, yeah. you nailed it. Yeah, no, yeah, this, yeah, like I said, this movie was not meant to be a Jason movie. Um, and it, it, it really goes completely off the reservation with all of this stuff, full-on supernatural. But my favorite part that we need to talk about in this movie, because there's continuity to the fodder, which I absolutely love, is uh, Creighton Duke. Yes. (laughs) Creighton Duke is the best character in any of the Jason movies. He's this badass bounty hunter who has this... Huge connection and backstory with Jason that's never explained. Never explained. They just pretend as though we've seen him for five movies. Exactly. They make they they write this. Character you remember in. me? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. They write this character in as if he's existed in continuity forever. Everybody's heard of him. Yeah. Like Everybody all the knows. other characters. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like and, he, and at the end of the day, right? He he turns out to be like Quint, right? Yeah. He's he's this badass motherfucker. And the moment he gets a hold of Jason, just immediately gets his ass kicked and like fucking chopped. But he's also the only guy who knows anything. Yes, anything at all. Anything at all about Jason? Uh, about and, and this occult stuff. He is this expert. He knows about the book. He knows about the dagger. There's no, there's no explanation of how he got this stuff. Yep. Which is why. So let's move into a little bit of the fodder because here's for me. Like I was saying before, yeah. right? There are very for me. There are it's it's unlike it's it's different than some of the other franchises we've talked about where there are very clear things that are canon and very clear things that are not. For me, the Friday the Thirteenth franchise is two franchises actually. Yeah, one very clear established canon movies one through five, one through six, right? Um, that or one through five. That's that's that. Yeah. That's one canon. Basically, the six, Tommy Jarvis world, if you will. Yes, exactly. Six kind of exists in in really nothingness, but you can make six exist, and then there's everything else beyond that because there are these other movies yeah. that have this continuity, and it really all does kind of start from movie six where Jason is at the bottom of the lake because yes. and that's where you find him in seven with Tina and her psychokinetic powers or whatever. He's again at the bottom of the lake, and then there's a fan film that I discovered on YouTube that we'll post a link up on yes. our socials. It it somehow managed to get um, the three main actors from uh, the seventh movie yeah, the, from from yeah. New Blood, Tina, yep. Doctor Cruz, and Tina's love interest Nick. Yes, those real actors all return. Even though Doctor Cruz dies, right, he returns as like a vision in her head. Exactly. Um, so this movie is called Rose Blood. Um, and it's meant to be a direct sequel to the seventh movie with Tina in it. Mm-hmm. But it does really kind of fit into the continuity of some other movies because in the very first scene, the first thing you one of the first things you see or one of the opening scenes is um, the little facility that Tina is at 
at the bottom is called Crystal Lake Research Facility. Which we haven't gotten to yet, but that is... From Jason 10. Or Jason Jason X, X, right? The Crystal Lake Research Facility. So immediately they're establishing continuity. And then almost immediately also, right? You have Tina, you have all that. And then you have this guy... That's working at the facility, who apparently is also like a some sort of hyper genius. Anyway, um, and is like breeding some sort of mushrooms. Yes, like, and they're so, talking about like <laughs> it's very weird. I mean, they're like Aaron Rodgers. They're talking about like mushrooms as though this is like it's going to change the world. Yes. and like all this stuff. Yes. Yeah. Um. So that this movie takes place immediately after the seventh movie, and this guy that works at the facility, his name is Creighton Duke. And this is where, he, and he's one of the only people that survives this movie. So there's all of his backstory. This is why he knows so much about Jason because they really lean into that supernatural shit yeah. in this movie. And it's it's weird because the movie Jason doesn't appear Book in this of the movie. Dead is there? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even get to it. I watched the first forty or so minutes. So it let me tell just, you how fucking it is crazy. Just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say this, but it's the truth. Bro. It is bad actors standing in front of blank white walls. Thinking that they're saying clever phrases for 40 minutes. Bro. It is just terrible acting, bad jokes in front of white walls for 40 minutes. You know how much better this would be if they had like one good actor and put up one piece of artwork on the wall? It's just incredible. It's so bad. I couldn't I, I couldn't even get to the Jason part of the movie. And I get cuz at a certain point too when I got to like 40 something minutes I was like there's still not a Jason scene yet. I'm done. <laughs> like yeah. I was halfway through the movie and I hadn't seen Jason yet. Why am I here? It's a 90 minute movie. Jason doesn't appear until over an hour into it, right? <laughs> and this movie, so I mean, listen, I can't even describe to you how bonkers this movie is because so the whole thing focuses on the plot of this movie is that the military has picked up Tina and her psychokinetic powers, right? Um, and have her at the Crystal Lake Research Facility. There's this ambitious dickhead general guy who wants to experiment on her to harness her powers for military purposes, blah, blah, whatever. They bring in this other girl whose name is Rose, um, who apparently also has similar powers, but she's much more powerful. And the movie starts. And more of like a loose cannon, too. Right. Like it's one of these, like, you know, she just actually. And she's younger, kills yeah. People. Yeah. And it's important to note that the movie starts where they, they establish that Tina has. Um, she's still at the facility. The movie starts in the present. Day, she's much older. Yes. The same actor, actress, right? She, they establish that she is still in this facility, and she has these hallucinations because she—that's where she imagines the doctor who died yeah. in that movie, right? She has these powerful hallucinations, and then it flashes back to the and the, the primary uh, plot of the movie takes place right after the seventh movie. They're at this facility. The general's working on this mystical project. He keeps on calling it or, or project. Yeah, because this movie is only right? a year old too. I yeah, this was just last year. This, yeah. this just came out yeah. too. So obviously, that's why they have to recast. Yeah. Because they have to have somebody who looks like her back in the day. So the whole premise of this movie, right? And like like Ed said, there's just a lot of talking about these special military projects. You don't really understand what they are. They're experimenting on the girls. They're trying to find out what it is. You eventually find out that the Rose's power. So eventually Jason, right? So they have Jason at the facility. They have his body very much like they do at Jason X, right? Which is, again, establishing kind of continuity there. Yes. So they have... Um, Jason's body, eventually Jason wakes up and starts fucking killing everybody an hour into the movie, and you eventually find out that the Rose's power is not so much um, telekinesis in the same way that Tina has it, but she apparently has this ability to open portals yes. to hell, which again kind of draws on Jason goes to hell a little bit. 
And at the end of the movie, when Jason has, he's killed everybody except for Creighton Duke. Um, because he can't die. Exactly. Right. Later. So he's got the two girls cornered, and she's Rose is using her power, and this little like ring of fire opens up on the floor behind them, and all of a sudden the Halloween theme starts playing. Which that's a that's an <laughs> iconic theme. Yeah. Can, yeah, it's an iconic theme. We know that theme, and you start to hear it. You're like, what the fuck? And you the camera pans back, and Michael Myers is sitting in this pit of fire with his knife, and he's just like challenging Jason to a fight, and they kind of tussle a little bit, and then it flashes back to the present. Yeah, and then you learn that Tina's power is actually not just like the psychokinesis and the telekinesis or whatever. She actually has this ability to, like, she manifests Jason. Like, that's what she does. And it's kind of like Freddy, Freddy Krueger, where the only way to kill Jason is she has to do it when she has manifested him. It's the only way you can kill Jason. So the final scene of the movie is she manifests Jason again in this facility and then puts him through the hell portal also. Dude, it's so fucking ridiculous. And then Nick shows up for the last 30 seconds of the movie. He just breaks into this secure facility. He's like, Tina, Nick. And they like make out and then they see the end of the movie. Dude, it's after like 30 years. Dude, it's like, so. He, he was waiting. He's been to- searching for her for 30 years, is what the, the implication is. But he comes at the best possible moment. Dude, it's so weird because like honestly, like they, they had me for a little while there with like the continuity ties they had made to Jason X and yeah. some of the other things. And then they just completely blew it with the the Michael Myers thing. But really, in the from a fodder perspective, yeah. there's the potential here that there's like like Hell's Avengers is down yeah. there at some point. Michael Myers, Jason, Freddy, they're all down there hanging out, ready to just come back to Earth and kill us all. Well, that's what we'll get into next year. Our next year <laughs> Halloween special is going to be a Nightmare on Elm Street series. And I guess that's when we'll talk about Freddy vs. Jason, since mm-hmm. Matt never reads a document, didn't even watch Freddy vs. Jason. And it was not clear to me that I had to watch Freddy vs. Jason. I will say, so we're going to get into it um, next time, and Freddy vs. Jason is, in my opinion, the best in the entire series. It's actually it's a real shame that it never went anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so then, so then, so we're not going to talk about that, which means we can wrap up by talking about the final two movies we haven't talked about. One is Jason X, which is by far the cheapest looking movie in the entire series. Dude, it it, it looked like remember like remember like when early um, late nineties, early two thousand sci fi TV was popular, yeah, yeah, like Babylon Five. Yeah, or those something. cheap yeah. looking. That's Except what this is a like. movie ten years later. Yeah, but that's this what it looked is, like. Yeah, though. It's, it's a movie ten years after, <laughs> and it looks worse than Babylon Five. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's it's set five hundred years in the future. Um, a a group of students from New Harvard University on Earth 2 comes to the barren, climate-destroyed planet Earth, and out of all the places to land, land at the Crystal Lake Research Facility. The only part of the research facility that is still um, intact and apparently still has power is because cryogenic freezing needs power guys i don't think they thought about this it's not like you just freeze him in carbonite and then it's okay for some reason over 500 years after a cataclysmic event that means that no more life is on earth jason still has power to his singular cryogenic tube 
in this facility. And he and the doctor who he stabbed as he was being frozen is also frozen because him stabbing her caused enough of a hole in his tube to make the entire room a cryogenic tube. It's so terrible. So anyway, they end up on on a spaceship. It has all these terrible horror movie tropes like we talked about. There's like some sort of holodeck where you have, you know, like just these inexplicably naked women who are in a Crystal Lake thing. You have this like sexy robot who fights Jason, who also like finds love and emotions over the course of this 90 minute movie. Dude, KM. You also have, yeah. KM3 or whatever her name yeah. was. She was great. She was awesome. I loved her. You also have Jason being killed about two thirds of the way through the movie. And then you think the rest of the movie is going to be them escaping the ship because, like, in the process of killing him, there's explosions, the lifeboat's done, you know, all that type of stuff. So you think, oh no, like, how are they going to escape? But then what happens is that these same nanites that, like, are in their sick bay <laughs> earlier in the movie somehow just, like, automatically improve him. And instead of just, like, curing him of like the multiple wounds that he sustained they turn him into some sort of like terminator (laughs) where like now he has like a metal mask made out of parts of the ship and like his his um outer torso and specifically his rib cage has been rebuilt also with parts of the ship so now not only is he stronger and he has no wounds his skin is basically a spaceship, so he's more bulletproof. And even if the bullets went through, you know, he's a demon anyway, so it's not like they're going to hurt him. So, th- so, th- but then it ends with him landing, going through the um, the atmosphere after the ship blows up on Earth two, and land and his body landing in a lake on Earth two, <laughs> right by where a young couple seems like they're about to engage in premarital sex. So he couldn't have landed at like a better lake. He landed at whatever Crystal Lake. I wouldn't be surprised if in the script it's like New Crystal Lake. So that movie is so terrible, it's good. And what's what's incredible about this movie is that Jason 9 ends with the whole Freddy Krueger setup. And apparently that movie was in development hell for nine years. Like yes. They couldn't make that movie. Yep. So then what happens is that they make Jason X just be like, well, we got the, we're got we just not doing anything. So they make this movie. Yeah. And then New Line didn't release it for several years because it was so terrible. They didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. The only guy who liked the movie was the head of the studio who was fired because everything he touched was terrible. Yeah, because Jason X, like, like a lot of these movies like we've talked about, seem to ignore parts of other movies, right, in terms of continuity. Jason X is the one movie that basically ignores everything. Yes. And like like the the way that I look at Jason X is it's it's like movie and movie almost, right? Yeah. You know, where it's like the only reason we know about Jason in the context of the movie is because he exists in pop culture yes. in this world. It's like there's no other connection to any of the other movies except for the fact that he's fucking Jason. And you know that was by design. So the person who uh, is in control of um, the the Friday the Thirteenth series, his last name is Cunningham. He he directed the first movie. He's and you probably saw his name. Yep. He produced all these movies. So the only criteria he had for Jason X while he was trying to make Freddy versus Jason was that it has to take place well in the future because he doesn't he didn't want it getting in the way of Freddy versus Jason. Right. So that's why they set both the scene where he's cryogenically frozen in the future. Yes. And then obviously the space stuff way in the future because they wanted like for Freddy versus Jason to be able to still exist and have this. And then the Dude, final- I was I was trying so hard when I was watching this movie I was trying 
so hard to find a connection between this and Demolition Man, oh. like hoping that like the way the cryogenic freezing yeah. worked was similar to Demolition Man, just so I could make that connection. And it didn't work, but I was, I was, I was hoping for it so bad. It's it's such a terrible because Jason X right like when you look at the sets and everything like, this is the kind of movie yeah. that one hundred percent would have taken sets from another oh, yeah. movie right you know to like because it was so low budget and shitty yeah. so I was hoping that like one of the cryovats was taken you know from a, a, a movie like Demolition Man we got a photo of the Uber Jason up now oh god and, he's ridiculous but what's looking. but what's weird about Jason X is I actually enjoy Jason X like. The Final Friday is just a terrible movie. Yes, it's legitimately the, bad. Yeah, this this is you know this is worth watching. And then the last movie is the Friday the Thirteenth reboot, as they call it. But it's oh definitely God, I a forgot remake. about this one. This movie sucks. Well, it's completely unrelated. So like it it, it obviously you know takes the takes the main plot points. It fully um, adapts from the beginning. Him having a sister. Yep. Um, it starts off with the scene from the end of the first movie. So it starts off like, now obviously everything has changed. So now this is set during the 80s. That's yep. how you know it's a new continuity. Yep. But basically the events of the first movie has happened. You see Nana Visitor from Star Trek. She is um, playing his mom. You see her confronting the final girl yep. um, at the lake. She ends up getting her head chopped off. You see Jason sees that. And then, you know, about 30 years later, um, a bunch of teens go to the go to the lake um, one of them being his sister. He kills everybody, kidnaps his sister. Yep. And then about six weeks later, and this is this is where this movie at least tries to be different. It has a completely different feel to it because you have, you know, a bunch of people there at the lake, uh, kids drinking, doing drugs, as usual. And what happens is that the sister's other brother comes looking for her. Yes. And so there's this whole like it's it's more it's a bit more of like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre type feel to it. It's definitely like post Rob Zombie inspired, you know, like because the Halloween movies by Rob Zombie had just come out. So it's more like he's searching for her, and it's like it's like creepy houses and all this stuff. It has a completely different feel to it uh, because he's looking for a kidnap victim, which is something Jason hadn't done before, and he kidnaps her because she looks like her mom because she is his sister. You know, it's it's, it's very strange, but it's not good. There aren't a lot of Great kills. No, th- this really this it, it, this movie was yeah. b- borderline unwatchable for yeah. me because it does it it's it's so bland, it's so boring, it's so quote unquote modern, like what I would call modern horror, which I find most modern horror movies to be bland and boring. Just a lot yeah. of unnecessarily uh, dark scenes again with the sound editing, right? Just like it's not that it's bad sound editing; it's it's good in terms of you know the actual quality of it, but it's bad in the sense that like everything is like all of the 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 jump scare and the and the kill. It's it's too loud. It's too like, and it's just made to scare you. It's it, it's it's garbage. It's an yeah. absolute garbage movie. It's not even worth watching because it doesn't do anything for you in terms of continuity or, or no. Like it's whatever. completely connected. Yeah, and it, and it's it's just, and and rightfully so. Not even like like the the Rob Zombie Halloween movie at least got a sequel. Rightfully so. This movie got nothing after it. Yeah, it was just, it was just fucking bad. It, it's just it, don't even waste your time watching it. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. So we know our future is going to be doing the uh, Freddy versus Jason series next time because we're going to talk about the Nightmare on Elm Street and then how it culminates in Freddy versus Jason. And then just yep. you know, going looking forward into the future, what is interesting uh, when you look at the ownership of Friday the 13th, this is where we'll end the episode, is that the ownership of Friday the 13th has been in limbo 
for the past um, decade or so since this uh, reboot came out, and that's because um, sucked. <laughs> the way co- well, the way copyright law works now. Um, recently, Congress gave creators more control over their product. So basically, the writer uh, of the original movie um, he won a court battle where he got the story rights back because it's been so long since the original movie came out. So the original writer with the last name Miller. He holds a story right to the original film, but only in the U.S., mm-hmm. which means that he can make a movie. That it can't be called Friday the 13th, but he can de- make a movie with Mrs. Voorhees yep. and a child, Jason Voorhees, at Camp Crystal Lake. But the name Friday the 13th, all of the um, things we know of as Jason, him being an adult, him being an occult figure. Yep. And um, an immortal and the hockey mask still belong to Miller, who's been in charge of this from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cunningham, rather, who's been in charge of this from the very beginning. So there's this weird thing now where if Cunningham wants to make another Jason movie, he can't use Mrs. Voorhees. Fine. However, um, we could still have Miller make prequels and sequels, but only using those aspects from the original movie. So we could almost have two parallel series going forward. Yeah. I mean, honestly, So curious to see if that's, if that's what's going to happen, because New Line Cinema still owns the, um, the property, and even though they have not announced anything, right. back in August of this year, they posted a now-deleted Instagram photo featuring a phone screen which showed an Instagram notification that said, Jason Voorhees wants to see you and send you a message. Okay. <laughs> they never responded to any of their, anything about that. It's almost like they were trying to make you know some sort of like... It sounds like a troll hype yeah. for Yeah, but so we'll see. I mean, Friday the 13th, there is a Friday the 13th next year. Maybe that's when they release it. <laughs> Start filming now. Yeah, I mean, they, they they really would have to because there is October thirteenth. Yeah, is a Friday. They'd have to start filming now. So hopefully they. So so we'll see. Uh, so let us know. You know, check us out on social media. We're gonna post some photos. Uh, most notably, the Book of the Dead, um, as well as uh, some of the different masks. So you kind of get what we were talking about for the different versions of Jason. We'll post them up on our social media, uh, and then join us uh, next year uh, when we will finish off. The story of Jason by doing uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and the Freddy vs. Jason series, um, and uh, listen to- till the end of this episode because you're gonna you're gonna get a little surprise for all of you uh, Jason fans. We're gonna be uh, ending with a very special song uh, from Alice Cooper's soundtrack for one of the Jason movies. Yeah. It'll just be me and Ed going. <laughs> so until then, my name is Ed and I'm Matt, and this is, is Cannon, Cannon Fodder. Fodder. Yo, with your baby.